Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, Episode 2. We're back. Thank you for tuning in again. The voice you hear is Robert Snowden out of Zachary, Louisiana. Avid LSU fan, avid Lakers fan. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can just look me up on snow underscore man one two. That's snow underscore man one two. As well as Instagram, that's Rob Snowden on Instagram. And we are back as the Opinionated Benchwarmers. Say what's up. I'm here with my guys Ramon and Carlos. What's going on? The voice you're hearing is Carlos Burrell, also known as Los, the host. You know, um, I'm excited. You know, the first episode was a success. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana, currently here in San Antonio with the Air Force. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Carlos Burrell. Um, you can get a lot of sports insight there from me. And I'm Ramon Hardy from Zachary, Louisiana. Also a big-time LSU fan, as you heard last week, um, and a big-time Lakers fan as well. Um, if you want to follow me, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at both underscore Ramon underscore H. That's underscore Ramon underscore H. Um, but I'm ready to just get it rolling right now with the show, man. The introduction, let's just get that out of the way. Man. Los, what's your Instagram? My Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is uh, <laughs> Mr. Big Daddy. Oh, it's um, what? <laughs> GQ page right there. But we appreciate the support and the continuous support. The premiere episode did great numbers to our, you know, what we analyzed, and we appreciate the support. So uh, without you, we'll be nothing. You've motivated us to continue doing what we do. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. And that way you can find all our sports content, our rankings that we're going to discuss today. We're going to discuss the NFL draft. We're going to discuss the playoffs. So just make sure you stay in tune. If you like what you hear, make sure you screenshot that logo. Shout us out. We respond pretty quickly. If you hear something on the pod that you want to respond to, add us on Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers, as well as on Twitter, I mean on Instagram, and we'll be there to respond. We like to respond because we're opinionated. But right now, we're going to get into a little bit of the NFL draft. We wanted to respond to the report of Saquon Barkley. They said it's all but written in stone that Saquon will go to the Giants at that number two pick. Uh, We discussed it last week, and I had Saquon as the number one player in the entire draft. So I don't have a problem with him going number two to the Giants. What do you think? You think he'll be a great fit? Giants, you know, especially, you know, right now, they've just released Brandon Marshall, so it's kind of like, if they pick up Dez Bryant, I can't see them going with a young quarterback, you know, and put that with those two, you know, Dez Bryant and OBJ, you know, those two diva receivers, so I can definitely see them sticking there and taking that, you know, that top-tier running back in Saquon. Yeah, and, and just looking and talking about Saquon, I mean, you're looking at probably a generational talent, I mean, on evaluation wise, I think Saquon is one of the best running backs to come through the draft in the last last ten plus years. Generational wow, talent. Last ten years. Yeah, I think he's. I really, if you just grade him out amongst over even minute, the, that's tough. That LSU bias is showing up. Um, but as just a prospect, just natural raw talent and ability, I think he may have a little bit more than Leonard Fournette. Honestly, and I'm sorry to say that as an LSU fan, but yeah, I mean, I. When they when it was reported that they were, that the Giants would draft a quarterback, I mean in theory it sounds good, but I think that the Giants are like a one or two pieces away from yeah. actually being contenders. So I really do feel like you know why would you draft a quarterback you know to go because I think Eli has a little little more in the tank, especially if you give him the weapons. Like he's not gonna be that quarterback. He never was that quarterback to me that can make something out of nothing. He always had to have those weapons. 
whether it was Victor Cruz, whether it was, uh, you know, the tight end with the long hair and stuff. Who is it? I forgot his name. Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. yeah, Jeremy Shockey. Whether he had Ahmad Brush, Bradshaw, you know, he always had great weapons around him. And if you can get him the right. weapons, he really can do well. Yeah. And you look at you look at it now, you know, if he was able to get Saquon, we all know what OBJ can do. You know, he has, uh, you know, you got Shepard out of yeah. Oklahoma. So, Ingram, yeah. tight end. Tight, and then he has Ingram. So I think that if you added Saquon to that backfield, that's another weapon that could take the pressure off OBJ. You got to worry about him, and then you got to worry about Saquon, and you got to worry about Shepard, then you got to worry about Ingram. And their defense, you know, uh, to unpopular belief, is not that bad. Yeah. So I think that I think that if they added Saquon, that'll be a better pick for them than just adding a quarterback, which they could probably get in like the fourth or fifth round anyway. So, so it's been a since the Giants really had a good running back too, you know, you look at the running backs they had, like Rashad Jennings, you know, you know, Amad Bradshaw, they were just average running backs. It's been probably a long time. I can't really, you really think back to where they yeah, had I can't think of a one, good yeah. running back, you know. So yeah. I mean, Saquon would probably change that, you know, that history for them. Yeah, and then it's, it goes goes to best available. You know, I think that when. Uh, teams are that high in the draft. It's you know they have to you know you gotta take the best available guy, no matter what the need is. Saquon is that you know, guy. and that's what it is. Like the Browns probably gonna go ahead and get their quarterback at yeah. number one, which I could understand. Uh, but even they could hold off on a run on a quarterback. I mean on a quarterback because they they just signed um, who is that? Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor out of Buffalo. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. But we all agree that, you know, Saquon could definitely make the Giants better. So, the next report that we getting out of the draft is Josh Rosen to the Patriots. We talked a little bit last week about Lamar maybe going to the to the Patriots. But now it, the reports are saying that the Patriots might would be interested in uh, using one of their extra draft picks to trade up into the draft to grab Josh Rosen, which is y'all guy. So, y'all can go ahead and discuss that. I don't I'm really so- you know, Josh Rosen, for, for us, you know, is our number one quarterback. So, in order for Josh Rosen to go to the Patriots, I think he has to fall in that, you know, that 9 to 12 range within the trade-up. You know, the Patriots hold the 23rd pick, you know, from the Rams, which they traded, you know, and we got mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, you know, mm-hmm. and they hold the 32nd pick. So, they would have to package those picks to move up to get Josh Rosen. And, honestly, if they – I'll be highly upset if Josh Rosen falls because, again, we feel that he is the best quarterback in this draft. Yeah, y'all too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's that guy. But the thing with me that's kind of tricky about this Patriots situation is that they're mentioning several quarterbacks now. Like, I'm wondering if this is almost a reverse psychology. Hey, we want these guys. We interested. So now you get these teams to go and trade up and make sure they take those guys so then that other talent falls back to you sitting at 23. I I definitely could see Bill Belichick doing that. You know know, with Tom saying, I don't know if I'm going to play this year. Tom's definitely playing this year. You know, it's a lot that's going on, you know, to try to, you know, just like Ramon say, to manipulate the minds of the of the GMs that's in it. But, I mean, whatever. I mean, Josh Rosen, it's amazing that he's even falling down to where the Patriots would be able to trade him, you yeah. know, because Josh Rosen was, you know, across the board, people were saying that he was the best quarterback in the draft. But yeah. now you have Lamar Jackson trending up so which which i'm upset about because it, it's, it's more likely that if, if the saints want them if my saints want them, they're gonna have to trade up to get oh, them definitely so lamar 100%. yeah they say lamar's you know uh trending up so um bradley chubb um bradley chubb is a talent yeah and 
I saw somewhere where it where they're saying that Bradley Chubb could go top three. So I mean, you know, I don't think your Colts might have a shot at him anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, with Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb is a top three talent. I really don't believe that he's gonna go top three. I just believe in my mind that Cleveland's taking a quarterback and the Jets, you don't trade up to the number three pick, do all of that to go and not take a, a DN, a pass rusher. You do that to go get a quarterback. So I don't think that that will absolutely happen. If it happened, would it be a big deal to me? Not much because he's a great talent that I hope falls to number six to my Colts. But right. um, I don't know. So I like now it. they got Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, they say, is going top five now. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's so, crazy. Yeah, they're saying that the Jets are in love with Baker Mayfield. The only way I don't really see May, uh, Chubb going top three only way I see that happen is if the Giants fall in love with him and take him there. I do see him going number four to um, the Browns with their second pick, <sighs> you know, in the top five. Wow, so and they, they just took uh, your boy out of Why, you, why yeah. he can't fall to number six? Why he can't, can't fall to number six? I don't think he's falling to number Come six, on, man. man. You know, a good, good pick for them, though, and I was kind of running with, you know, we were, I was putting through a skeleton mock. A good pick for y'all would probably be Nelson, though. Yeah, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Nelson, because y'all need to protect Luck, man. He's been getting banged up a yeah. lot. You You're know? talking about Quinn Nelson, Quinn Nelson out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I like right, him. So I like him a lot. Um, So how many trades do y'all predict in this first round? Because, I mean, the quarterback talent is heavy. Uh, they saying that we might see the most trades than we've ever seen. Uh, A lot of reverse psychology is going on. Really, teams don't know what each other's going to do. So if I say, hey, look, I'm really in love with – uh, you know, like a Belichick, I'm really in love with Lavar. I'm really, I mean, Lamar, I'm really in love with, you know, I'm really in love with uh, Josh Rosen. You know, that makes, that puts teams on edge, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. Ramon. So, how many I, trades do y'all predict? I predict probably about three trades to go down. Three, three for sure. In, in the top mind. 10 or what, what, in the first oh, round? First, I'm just saying first round all together. Yeah. But at the, now, no, now that I think about it, the end of the end of the first round is when you start seeing the little teams trading back into the first round to get the pick that they want. So I'm saying maybe five, five trades in the first round. Five. Yeah, I, I'm actually trending closer to what you were saying at first. Maybe three or four. I'm well, let's seeing. do it like this: over and under. The over, the over and under at five. You got over five or under five to make it a little easier. I'm taking the under. Okay. I'm taking the under. But one thing I will say, and just of course as a Colts fan. Be on the lookout for another trade for the Colts. Los, what you taking? Five over under? Yeah, I can't take the five. I can't take the five. He's trying to split and push. Uh, if I had to, I'll say under. But okay. I, I would like to say five solid. Okay. What you got? Um, I, I think it's going to be under. I think that it's a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors. I think things will become clear closer to the draft. And, guys, we're discussing the draft. Make sure that you check out our mock draft, which we'll be releasing on this Monday, which is what, the 24th? April 23rd. April 23rd. So, April 23rd, you can check our mock draft. We're going to have the link in our Instagram bio at O underscore Benchwarmers. And we're going to release the link on our Twitter as well at O underscore Benchwarmers. So, make sure you check that out. If you have any, you know, qu- any comments on it, man, we'll, we welcome it. You know, we've done our homework, so that's what we found. So just add us at O underscore Mitchwoman's on Twitter or on Instagram, and we'll be happy to, you know, prove to you why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving right along, uh, Dez, it was so – I predicted this like four months ago that Dez would be released by the Cowboys. 
Because I just feel like Dez, when he said that he's not going to take a pay cut, that's just like telling the management, hey, look, let me go. Uh, at this point, um, Dez being dropped, it, you know, it's not surprising to me. Uh, I do feel, like, feel as though he's not what he once was. Uh, I know that he led the Cowboys in touchdowns as an organization. I know, you know, the, his numbers, but lately he just hadn't been the guy that he's coming to the league as. So, I mean, how do y'all feel about the Cowboys dropping him like a bad bad habit? How do y'all feel like How y'all feel I, like I kinda, that? In a way, I kind of like it because, again, if you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys, I think it takes a lot of heat off of Dak Prescott. You know, when he was playing with this, I almost felt like he, you know, he felt the pressure of having to give him the ball and, have to perform, you know, and it was said and came out that this, this was like one of the first off seasons that he actually started working on his routes. You know, you, you've been in the league this long, you know, why does it take this long for you to start working on your routes and start really pushing? So he's, you're probably going to get a motivated this next year, but I really like the move, you know, especially if, if they're going to draft and get them a young receiver, put some young pieces around Dak Prescott and push forward with that offense. So that way he doesn't have to worry about getting the ball to one side. He can just pray, play freely. Yeah, I, I really agree with it as well. I think it was a good move. You know, you had to kind of free up that cap hole that he had there. I think it was, what, about 12 or 13 million, 12.5 yeah. million. And that's just too much for a guy that's really at this point, he almost a shell of himself. I'm just being honest. Like, Dez is not what he used to be. And really, he hasn't been that guy to me for, like, a couple years. I think since 2014. Yeah, 2014 was the last time that he had over 1,000 receiving yards. Last time he had over 70 receptions. Last time he had 10-plus touchdowns was 2014. And so he's just not that guy anymore. But in his mind, he still thinks that he is. And so at some point, you just kind of got to move away from that. And you could, you know, take that next young talent maybe in this draft or something like that and just move on from him. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that Dez, you know, I think he's past his prime. I think that he's become maybe more none other than like maybe like a red zone target. Yeah. He's not a – I don't think he's that – he don't have the speed that he used to have he to be a deep speed. threat. Uh, his route running has never been the best, which is what Carlos alluded to, is why he's working on it now. Um, but what do y'all see him being a, a decent fit, though? What do y'all see him going? I see him staying within the division. Uh, I think that uh, the Eagles make a lot of sense. But what the Giants did, I really what they're doing and what they're doing with their draft picks, I could, you know, they say that Dez and Odell is working out together. I could see him landing with the Giants. But I think that Philly makes the most sense to me. Yeah, that that Giants move, um, I'm not the biggest fan of that Giants move. I think that they would be kind of the same thing that they did with Brandon Marshall in a sense. Um, yeah, he and, didn't fit at yeah, all. Yeah, and you saw kind of how that worked out. They got that guy who was the big name, but he was that agent type of receiver that really was past his prime. And I think you would be doing that all over again if you go and get Des Bryant. Um, so like you said, I could really definitely see him staying within that division. Um, the Eagles definitely make sense. I could... Also see a move for him going to the Redskins and playing over there. Um, but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking in the situation. Uh, one team I probably think of, and, you know, I'll say this too. You guys kind of sound like y'all writing this off. But um, I, one team I would like to see him play with is the Texans. You know, Texas, him and D-Hop, you know, that's two jump ball and get get over there with, um, I can't think of the quarterback name right now. Deshaun there. Watson, yeah. man. Deshaun Watson, yes. Yeah. So get over there with Deshaun Watson and D-Hop and, you know, throw the ball up to those, you know, big body receivers. I think that'll be a good match for him. And like y'all mentioned, the Giants. But I think Dez probably has about a good another two years 
Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's a scrub. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a scrub by any imagination, but he's just not the dad that he think he is to, no. to say I'm not going to take a pay cut, you know. Um, but you know, wish him all the wish him all the best. Uh, I think that he's gonna, be, you know, he's gonna go somewhere, and I think that a team will love to have him. Hopefully, he goes to a good fit. So we're in playoff season, fellas. You ain't sound too excited about that, bro. Because I know you guys are gonna kill me. <laughs> you know we've been ready, right? You know we've been ready. Drew has been playing quite excellent, quite the opposite of what I said last. Uh, time. I'm, believe it or not, this is not my first time being wrong. <laughs> yeah, can you say that one more time, bro? With, about us being no, yeah, one more time. Yeah, I heard one me. More. I don't have to say it louder. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Drew's playing well. in The Pelicans. Uh, I think uh, right now we're at game three. They're up three zero. So we we're actually on game four because we're recording right now and they're playing the Blazers. Do y'all think that the the Pelicans gonna finish that up tonight? Yes, because Portland has not looked like themselves, and the Pelicans' defense has been impressive to me. The, you know, yeah. Drew Holiday, the one you kind of gave crap, you know, the, our first episode. Dang, bro, I already said it. On, <laughs> on Dame Dollar has been crazy good, you know, and Rondo has been playoff Rondo. Playoff. I just want to get you give you a tidbit on that. Like, Dame averaged just about 27 points in the regular season and six assists. And he's down. They got him averaging 18 points and five assists through three games. Like, Drew has been – I didn't know Drew lock up like that. Uh, somebody said that last week, but I, I know. Yeah, I, don't, no, I, don't, I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. So, I saw, so, I saw a meme that, you know, uh, we all seen Black Panther. And it was uh, uh, Anthony Davis in, like, uh, in uh, you know, the part when they were fighting. You're talking about Anthony Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah your king. Like, this is your third seed. Your third. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's, so that's, I, I like that's, that. And Drew, like, Drew's averaged 19 points, just under 20 points and six assists, and he's up to 23 points and six assists in the playoffs. Like, Drew hungry, man. Drew yeah. must have heard me, man. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Drew, man. He must have listened to that last episode because he's been playing great. Man, I, I hate somebody to say add Drew Holiday and let him know we shout him out, man. Right. Yeah, somebody add Drew, man, with the opinionated bench warmers. O underscore bench warmers on Twitter and Instagram. Right. I, I hate to say it so much, but I mean, you know, me and Lois kind of told you so once again. You know, right, bro. I hate to keep kind of rubbing it in, but the, li- the listeners yeah, don't want us to yeah. be divided. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> you said we opinionated, bro. That means sometimes it may change up. We might have different opinions. But like you said, man, that, that defense has just been excellent and it it hasn't even just been drew like drew has been playing great defense has been locking up but it's the way that they've been guarding dame you know it hasn't been a one-man show not just man to man they're trapping him making sure a lot of times that ball gets out of his hands he said that you know the way that they're playing defense he hasn't seen this like all season no Mm -hmm. team has guarded him the way do you think the pelicans are a better team without boogie though nah I don't I, think that they're a better team, I, but they look like they're not going to win a championship without Boogie. That That is a very good question. It's something I've really been thinking about as well. I'm I'm kind of on the fence with it because I Boogie is a great talent, and I know that him and AD are interchangeable bigs and they're versatile bigs, but I don't know if they fit the best together. Match, yeah. Really, you know? Well, they're the same player, but I'm not about to say arguably the top five and the top ten play on the same team. Is, is you know the top 
you know, Boogie, which I think is a top 10 player, just outside of my top five, you know, he's probably like top seven to me. But, you know, I'm not going to say that a top seven, a, set, a seventh best player and the fourth best player in the league on the same team is not a better team than without them being on the same team. I, I don't know. I just think in today's NBA and you get into that kind of space, the floor, and But they up both and down can the shoot, court. though. Yeah, but it's still... They spread the floor themselves. Yeah, it to, to an extent. But the Pelicans, if you even look at it since, you know, Boogie has gotten out of the lineup... Offensively, their numbers are right. up. They shooting so, the three ball better. You know, I I don't know, man. Right. So I'll say this: on paper, I would say they look better with Boogie. But if you watch the product, what they've been doing these like the last few weeks to close out the season and going into the playoffs, I feel like they really look like a better team without <laughs> Boogie. I hate to say that, but nah. I kind of love to say that because I'm a Lakers fan. And I hope that you know he does leave and we <laughs> sign him somehow. We always got to have that Lakers angle in there, bro. McCullum, McCullum and Dame has been a shell of themselves. And, that's, you know, Drew deserves all the credit. But, I Drew mean, and Rondo. Dame, to me, you know, one of my favorite players, like my third favorite player behind Chris Paul and AD. Uh, but, I mean, you know, it, you know, he hadn't been, you know, he hasn't shown up. You know, he's one of my, you know, favorite players, but I can admit that. You know, he hasn't shown up. He hasn't been a shell of And if Dame and McCullum can't get it going, that's the team right that's there. It. That's it. You know, so if they can't get it going and that team – so, you know, I would have to be a, a get a better evaluation when the Pelicans advance in the second round. So we all agree that, that, that it's over tonight. All right, that's it. So, I mean, I, I would have to see them in the second round to further evaluate them to see if they better without Boogie. But uh, it's interesting. I was wrong there. So uh, – and other guys we can't seem to find in the playoffs. We need to post some wanted posters up. <laughs> and Damn, that's Carl like Anthony that. Towns, man. Yeah. He averaged 21 points and 12 rebounds and a, and a block in the regular season. And now he's down to six points. He's averaging six points and 11 rebounds in the block. We're not worried about the rebounding. That's, that's okay. But the points, man, he's down to six points. You know, is, is, does Clint Capella deserve that much credit for locking him up? I think so. I think so, man. He, You can look at I've seen a picture of him, how his body has developed over the first three, four years, and he's gotten bigger, and he's he's really down there just rumbling with the cat, you know. And so I, I've been impressed with, with Clint. Yeah, I, I think I will give Clint some credit, but then I also got to look at the way that that team is being coached and the way that they're running their system. And offensively, you know, even looking back to game one, Derrick Rose and Jamal Crawford led them in usage. How can those two guys lead your team in usage? And you talking about uh, Jimmy Butler being fourth, you know, in that game and Cat only getting a chance to what? I think in the first game he only had like nine shots or something like yeah. that. So I do think that, you know, he hasn't totally shown up. I think Capella's defense has been great. But I also think, too, that, you know, they just not running their system well over there. I think that Tibbs is not doing a good job as a coach. Yeah, Tibbs, is, and then, you know, he of course he run, of course it wouldn't be long before he ran Jimmy Butler into the ground. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that he's putting too much time. I, I feel like he, he feels in his heart he owes Derrick Rose something by how, you know, the injuries in Chicago. I really feel like he, his usage of Derrick Rose is too much. Oh, yeah. And I feel like he's playing too much. I don't feel like Derrick Rose is the player he once was. I think Derrick Rose could play like a spark plug role. But, you know, I think that he's having too much playing time. But I think that, unfortunately, I thought this would have been a better series. But I think that the Rockets, I think that they're going to go for the sweep. 
That's the way it's looking right now. But. They play game. They play tonight, right? So the Rockets have an opportunity to sweep them tonight. Uh, well, to or, go up, to go up three zero, yeah. to put themselves in position, in position to, sweep to sweep them. them. Yeah. So I mean, that's another one. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm kind of disappointed in how Minnesota has been. And Tibbs has proven to be kind of overrated because it's right. no way with that talent that you have Jimmy Butler, you have Cat, and you have Andrew Wiggins, and you 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 know not putting up a better fight. So he he's he just he seems like he's more bark. I mean, you know, than bite. You know what I'm saying? Because he runs his players in the ground. He just it just seems like. They get to the playoffs and they just tire out, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Especially when you got older veterans on your team like Taz Gibson and Derrick Rose, you know what I'm saying? And Jimmy Butler, you know, he's kind of getting there up in age. He's not as old as those guys, but you know, you got to be able to, you know, that's part of coaching. Be able to switch your players out, let them rest, and you know, you can't keep continue to playing them forty minutes a night. Yeah, you know? I mean, look at this sustained San Antonio run. I know this season is a little bit different because of Kawhi Leonard and all that. But I'm talking even back to the years of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and all that. Greg Popovich, for years, he's like, okay, I'm just going to manage these guys throughout the regular season. I'll make sure that, you know, they don't play too many minutes. They may sit out a game here and there. But come playoff time, they're ready. And you see Tibbs almost being the exact opposite of that. Let me play them as much as possible now in the regular season, and then they gassed in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. So, which probably the most interesting series to me in the in the whole playoffs is that Boston a Bucks series to me. And it's because of Rozier and Bledsoe. You know, they <laughs> got beef going. Huh? And Bledsoe says he don't know who Rozier is. I mean, that's ridiculous, man. He Rozier is giving Bledsoe that work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he had, he gave when a man give you weak knees, yeah. <laughs> it ain't like you can just be like, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. They have some bad blood. And the series is at two one right now. Uh, two two one with Boston up right now. Who do y'all think will ultimately come out on top of that series? I think Boston gonna end up winning it probably in six games. You know, but I was impressed with Milwaukee coming out at home and how they dominated this last game. Yeah, they you did. Know? They like a different team. They did. They like a whole different team, and so. I, I mean, you know who really doesn't get a lot of talk on that team is Middleton. He is oh, a yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a real good player. You know, his mid-range is nice. He really – nobody talks about him. You know, they talk about Bledsoe. They talk about Greek Freak. You know, they talk about all the other pieces. Nobody really gives Middleton that credit he deserves, man. He tears it up night in and night out. Yeah. Middleton, he's so what, the second best player on that team. Yeah, he is. So I what, what y'all think about Rozier and, and Bledsoe? <laughs> Rozier called him Drew Bledsoe, and Bledsoe say he don't know who he is. It's petty, bro. It, it's it's kind of a little bit of a petty beef, I think. I think that really on Rozier end that he didn't totally meant what he said. I think he kind of maybe slipped up there. I think I feel like I can give him more of a pass. But, call him a football player. Yeah, yeah, but to say that you don't know a man that, that crossed you basically into next week, like you were completely out of the frame of the camera. That's how bad he crossed him. He, like, and then he gave up on the closeout. Yeah, like, that was embarrassing. And then he drained the shot after that. Like, come on, man. Like, to say you don't know who that is. That's being petty. That's bro. ridiculous. So they're, those guys are battling up 2-1. Uh, Utah, 1-1. Uh, Utah versus the Thunder. Of course, as Lakers fans, we're hoping that the that the Jazz, you know, handle business, go ahead and get um, PG out so he can start yeah. thinking about coming over to L.A. As soon as possible, right? Give him enough time to get, <laughs> yeah. the, get the movers situated to right. ship his stuff to L.A. Um, but they play tonight, and I, I thought – 
I, I mean, it's one one now. I don't know what to think about him. I do think that Melo is the is the X factor, and I'm waiting on him to wake up. I'm waiting on him so, to wake up for the Thunder. Yeah, Melo has not been. He has not been. You know, Melo has not been himself. And then I think this summer he has an option to pick up his player option, which is you know probably like you know like one of the max options. So you know that's gonna be interesting to see how the Thunder handle that because he hasn't been playing nowhere near a max player. But in that series, I'm probably impressed with the rookie, man. It, you look at the shots, the big shots he's yeah, making. Yeah, Donovan. It's almost like he's been there, you know what I'm saying? Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he got it's ice like in his veins. Yeah, I've seen him cross up P, you know, PG-13 and, you know, yeah. throw up the live and you know, finish it. It was a huge shot. That was that nasty. Yeah, now, nah, like you said, he's been very impressive. And the thing that impresses me as well is that he's not even really 100% right now. Like, he's battling an injury right now, and he's still giving buckets. Like, he is the clear number one option on that Utah team. You look at that team, and they got some decent other guys, but no other guy that you would say is a true, like, go-to type player. Like, you're not going to really dump the ball down into Rudy Gobert and say, just go get me buckets right now. Like, he is the focal point right there, and he's going up against Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Melo. And when you would look at it on paper, you would think, you know, okay, this team, OKC, looks more talented, but Utah is kind of handing it to him right now. So, so yeah, we, you know, Donovan is impressive, and I'm just excited because the league is going to be in good hands for a long, long time. Uh, he's out of that exceptional rookie class with Lonzo. He's out of uh, Kuzma, you know, Ben Simmons, like Jason no, no. Tatum. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be, right? You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, the league is in the good hands, you know. Yeah, we didn't yeah. even mention Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown to me is, is the is – the, you know, we was talking about the Bucks and, and Celtics series. I mean, he's really the heart and soul, yeah. you know, and he's really taking up that leadership role with 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 Kyrie and with, with Kyrie being out. And you know, it's it's amazing to see, man. The league's in good hands going forward. So, um, Golden State broke out the brooms today. <laughs> they trying to sweep the the Spurs, which I think they don't they won't have any issues doing that today. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Oh, they don't play tonight. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. No, they play tomorrow. So, but I you ready to get San Antonio out of there? Yeah, I am, man. I'm ready. To, I'm ready for them to get. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that series. Like, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the Warriors just dominate like that. I'm like, bro, like, okay, we've seen enough. The Spurs really can't match anything that they're doing. So, you know, I think that they, I think that the next time y'all hear us on this podcast, I think y'all we will be talking about the Warriors advancing in the second round, and I think Absolutely. that. It, It'll give him enough time for, you know, uh, Steph to get his ankle right. You know, KD had – I think they should just sit KD out this next game. I mean, why – why you know, y'all up 3-0. I mean, y'all up 3-0. Like, why – you know, why risk him further? Mm. So, I mean, we you know, give him, you know, some extra days of rest. And uh, I think we'll definitely see him in the second round with a sweep. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I just – I hate to see this happen to the Spurs like this, you know what I'm saying? Because they do have talent. They've been carrying. They've been one of the teams that's been able to make the play, playoffs like the last, what, 20 years? Yeah, so it's some yeah. crazy number. So, like, I, I I, mean, I don't want to see them get swept, you know, especially with the whole pop situation, you know, rest in peace to his wife. Right, you know, definitely. I would like to see them get a one win for the state of San Antonio, especially being here with all these San Antonio fans, you know. You know, going into work after seeing them lose, you know, and all the San Antonio, you know, fans at work, you know, it's a whole different feel. So, 
I like to see them get one win here, you know, especially while I'm here. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I it I mean it would, like you said, it would be a good feel to see them get a win and especially getting a win, like you said, with this difficult situation for Pop, um, with his wife, like you said, definitely rest in peace right there. Um but, you know, it's still just been a, a, a tough situation, tough tough series for them, a tough going. Especially, you know, sitting there without Kawhi Leonard throughout this whole time. That has made it extremely tough for them to to try to hang in this series. Yeah, so, I mean, what's left for us to talk about is the Cavs and the Pacers. Uh, we, we said, I think we pretty much agreed last week. You know, I said that, you know, LeBron would have to come out. We've, we've been privileged to see two games since we last recorded. The first game after we recorded, LeBron put up 46-12, and 12, which I expected because he he's going to have to be score dominant in order for, you know, the Cavs to even have a shot. And he did that. Then the second game around, they didn't they came up short. I think that there was a little they were a little chippy in that game. Uh I ultimately think that the, you know, the the Pacers are a little more than what they probably yeah. thought they were. Yeah. Then everyone cuz you know, they only had one primetime game this year. So I think that they're hungry, man. I yeah. think this is going to go the distance. Yeah, actually just looking at the series and thinking an all-around perspective, it looks to me at this point that the Pacers are really a better team. Now, of course, you still got that guy in LeBron James that, you know, he's that, that guy, that X factor that, you know, maybe he can put the Cavs on his back um, and get them out of this series. But you really look at it, and Indy has kind of had their number this year. Um, and then, too, you know, with Indiana being at home in this next game, that's going to be very pivotal. The Cavs have not beaten them in Indiana at all this year. So um, it's going to be very interesting to Those see how that points. series yeah. shakes out. Um, and it's interesting seeing the Cavs get beat up early. You're talking about, obviously, it's a different Cavs team, but they only lost one game last year in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And now they already didn't lost two games within the first round. So it's... That's a good point, but I, I think you know what we what I talked about on the first episode was they would need more out of their you know Kevin Love, and then yeah. you know you see with Kevin Love, yes, he has this he 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 shows up some games and then he disappears some games. Yeah, he, and then, he only you know, gave he nineteen got last too. night. So it's kind of like you know they need more out of him, and if they're not getting more out of him, the the ball is in LeBron James' hands, and he's tiring out, you know. And you see, he's not guarding the best player, you know, towards the end, you know, and that's also hurting him. Yeah, that, and, that's tough. And then nobody's expecting Bogdanovich to shoot 11 for 15 from the field, 7 from 9 from 3, and to drop 30 points. So that also will hurt you. Yeah, yeah. But I, I said it last episode, it's not blasphemous to say that the Cavs are not going to make it to the comf- to the NBA Finals this year. Yeah. They're just not sim- they're just simply not, not the team that they were last, the last two or three years. Yeah. So... You know, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if LeBron can, you know, do what LeBron has done his whole career, and that's take a team, put it on his back, and go. But, man, 28, 28 and 12, I know I sound crazy. 28, 12, and, you know, 28, 8, and 12, I know I sound crazy in saying that, but that's not going to be enough for his team to win. He's going to have to drop 40, you know. Yeah. He's going to have to, you know, be score-first mentality. Because if not, you know, you, he may be going home earlier than what he expected. Yeah, he has to have a historic playoff run for this team. Now, at first, you know, of course, I picked him to go to the finals because of that LeBron effect. Yeah. But after seeing them and seeing them so far in this series, he has to have an historic run for them to even get to the finals. And just speaking to Cavs fans right now, like, 
really, you might want to look in the mirror and go in and tell yourself that LeBron is not getting his fourth ring this year. Yeah. Like, you got to start being real with yourself and accepting what's happening yeah, right I now. Yeah, I have a buddy that's a Cavs fan, and we were texting back and forth. And and uh, it, shout out to you if you're listening. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say your name, but uh, <laughs> keep it anonymous. Yeah, but he was, you know, I think that he. I think that he's had a rude awakening. You know, I just was telling him, I was like, man, look, I don't even have y'all in the NBA Finals this year. And it's it's looking, you know, it's looking that way. So we're looking at the Raptors and the, and the Wiz. That's the last series we'll cover in the playoffs. Uh, I have the Raptors making it to the to the, <laughs> to yeah, the finals, NBA Finals. NBA yeah. finals. They, did, they, looked too, they went up 2-0, but now the series is 2-1. Uh, the Wizards was able to pick up a 122-103 win last night. Uh, they wasn't looking too high last night, man. <laughs> Yeah, that that game. Yeah, like you said, Friday night they didn't they didn't look too good at all, man. That was kind of a tough thing. But you kind of see this normally in the playoffs. You kind of see these little, you know, swing things where a team gets home and kind of gets hot and has maybe a blowout game here or there. But I still think, you know, as you stated before, and I think we kind of, you know, maybe all agree right. in a sense that Toronto still yeah, is so going to get the out of this. Is the, you know, the playoffs don't really. I mean, the, you know, the series don't really start to somebody win on somebody else's home, home court. So, right. I mean, they just both been taking care of business. I, that's what I would say. They've been taking care of business. Until somebody beat them, beat the other team on their home court, that's when the series truly starts. So, I'm kind of really watching that series with a close eye. That one can really – because the Toronto, they nobody really takes them serious. You know, even though they're the number one seed. I do. I feel like – I mean, I know you do. You've chosen to go. So, but I really feel like they – they, you know, they they are very vulnerable team that can really just break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So yeah, so I mean, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So yeah, moving right along. So right now, if you want to find what we're about to discuss, we're about to discuss the opinionated bench warmer NBA awards. These are who we feel deserve are warranted and deserve these awards. And if you want to check out these awards, it's on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. We post these daily. We'll be posting these daily next week. And the first one we have posted, which you can see, is the coach of the year, which we have. And that's and Br- Coach Bradley for Brad the Stevens. Boston Celtics. Uh, do y'all want to get into a little bit why we chose to vote that way? So, I mean, that was the debate. When we first did this and we were talking about it and breaking it down, it was almost like, you know, it was Dwayne Casey was a good name because he did lead them to the number one, the Toronto Raptors to the number one seed. But when we looked at, you know, the job that Brad Stevens has did, especially with the injury day one, you know, the opening night, you know, to Gordon Hayward, and then moving forward, you know, you got Kyrie that got banged up, you got Marcus Spark that got banged up, and then you still finish as the number two seed in the East. You know, you got to look at that, all the, all the stuff that they went through and still this team is still playing at a high level and still dominating their their first, you know, their 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 playoff week, uh, their playoff matchup. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, just adding on to that, man, Brad Stevens has just done such a great job this year. Yeah, you know, I, agree. I mean, we're seeing right now a completely different Boston team that we thought we would have been seeing on the floor from the beginning of the season. Throughout this whole season, I mean, you're talking about Boston having 19 different starting lineups this year. 19 different starting lineup units this year. He's had to mix and match so much throughout this entire season. You know, you had, like you mentioned, Kyrie missed over 20 games this year. Marcus Smart missing almost 30 games this season. Marcus Morris starting the season late. You know, he just had so much that he had to weave in and out. But you saw every night, even from his team, what they're going to do is they're going to play hard. They're going to execute. 
And to me, that comes from coaching. When you have a team that executes and plays hard, that comes from the top. So and, Yeah, and if they're uh, privileged to advance in this tournament, they're going to get Marcus Spark back, which is really, really big, and it's going to add on to them. But, uh, you know, a couple of other coaches that's worth mentioning is Coach Dwayne Casey, the job he's done with Toronto, and uh, getting that number one seed out the East. I think that that's pretty uh, respectable. Also, Coach Snyder from the Utah, Utah. Jazz losing a, a very premier uh, franchise player yeah, in, Hayward. in Hayward. So, you know, and they're still able they're still able to get the fourth, fifth seed. The, uh, seed. They got the fifth seed. The, the fifth seed. seed. Yep. You're able to get the fifth seed in the West their Conference, and it's doing pretty well. It's looking like they may they could very well advance to the second round yeah. against the Thunder. At least they're in it. Yeah. You know, so I mean those are honorable mentions, nah. but I think ultimately I think Coach Bradley, you know, with, with Bradley, the adversity yeah. they faced this year, the first twenty seconds yeah. of the game, losing one of your best players, losing Kyrie Irving and still battling the playoffs. I, I just don't see how yeah. we couldn't get it. Right, to. right, right. And just one more honorable mention before we move on. I think a lot of times we skip over the process. Brett Brown has done a great job. I mean, for the Sixers to come in yeah. and get the three seed this year, yeah. I mean, that's something that has to be recognized as well. But like you said, we, you know, looking at everything and taking it together, we felt as the opinionated bench warmers that Brad Stevens was the guy. No doubt. And again, if you want to check out our opinionated bench warmers uh, NBA award, NBA awards, you just look at on our Instagram, O underscore bench warmers. That's O underscore Benchwarmers. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And also on Facebook, you can just search in the search bar, Opinionated Benchwarmers. We should pop up, like our page, share our page. Make sure that you're sharing the links. So, guys, one thing just to wrap up that we got to talk about is that Coach Dan Antonio, former Laker coach, had the nerve to say that Coach Harden is the greatest scorer ever. (laughs) What are y'all thoughts on that? Just what y'all did. I think that's laughable. I mean, I think he's a great scorer. Don't get me wrong. You know, and he's a crafty player. But when you look at the history of the game and you look at, I think a lot of times these coaches and even fans sometimes. Slaves to the moment. You know, they forget. Yeah, yeah, right. They forget how great, you know, these players was beforehand. And one of our favorite, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know. Hands down. The the greatest scorer, you know, to ever, you know, put to, to play. You know what I'm saying? Just his game, all around game and. You know, how he carried teams for years. And I think Kobe, just his footwork, you know, how he developed his game. He went from a dunker. He went from a mid-range. And he developed a three-point shot, you know, his post-game. I think you have to go that way. And then, you know, he brought it every night on the deep scene, too. I know we talk about scoring, but when you're doing that and you bring it on the deep scene and you can continue to carry your team, I think that's the, you know, the hit on hard. You know, I think he, he saves his energy for his offense. And so that's why he's always great on offense. Right, right. And um, just to go along with that, I'm going to try to right now kind of take my Lakers and Kobe glasses off right now. Uh, Kobe is obviously one of the greatest scorers, definitely a better scorer than Harden. I wouldn't even really debate that. But still, when I look at it, I kind of have to go with that guy that played in Chicago, you know, number 23. Y'all might have heard of him, Michael Jordan. (laughs) Um, We talk about a guy that had 10 scoring titles. Um, he had at least Harden's the most he's ever averaged in a season is 30.4 and MJ had um, I think at least three or four seasons with more than that per game average and so you talk about a guy of course you know we love Kobe Kobe was that remix 
um, to MJ and may have added a thing here or there. Uh, but, you know, we talk about scoring. Definitely Harden is not a better scorer than Michael Jordan, and I don't think that's even debatable. I don't think he's a better scorer than Kobe either. Yeah, no, I don't think that either. Uh, so, I mean, I just thought that was interesting. Well, in wrapping up, guys, uh, I think we covered it all that we that we deemed to cover. Uh, any last things y'all want to say? I just want to say, man, I appreciate the support out there. You know, y'all keep following us. Um, next week, I have the opportunity to go to the NFL draft. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. Some, some notes on that. You know, Stay so tuned to our O underscore benchwarmers. He definitely going to be covering that thing, so. So I'm looking forward to that, you know, and uh, this is this is fun, man. So y'all can keep supporting us. Yeah, and I just want to say the same thing, man. We really appreciate the support. Like, we truly appreciate it. We talk about it amongst ourselves. You know, the, the support from day one has been overwhelming. And to see the support of y'all shouting us out on social media, everyone, you know, listening to us, downloading our podcast, like, it really does not go unnoticed. We truly really mean it that we you know appreciate that and, and keep checking us out we're gonna keep yeah, going su- with this subscribe to definitely. us man subscribe to us so we can pop up in your notifications subscribe man yeah definitely so the platforms that you can find us on now uh if you're hearing this link of course you have your favorite but we're on uh we're on google play we're on itunes we also we posting the link we're also on Twitch, stitcher stitcher so and we're gonna work on getting on even more platforms but if you like what you heard today like always make sure you copy and paste this link, uh, send it to your friends, send it to your sports fans, send it to your auntie, send it to your uncle, your daddy, your mom. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody, everybody man. Your cousin, <laughs> twice yeah, removed. Yeah, make sure that you follow us on uh, underscore Benchwarmers to check out our final mock draft. Uh, o underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you check us out on Facebook as well. Just search us up, Opinionated Benchwarmers. And we are out this thing. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Appreciate you.